Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. Time for Spawn Daily. We're up to issue number 34. Just a reminder what we're doing here in case you're not aware. Uh, this is the 30th anniversary of Spawn, the 30th anniversary of Image Comics. So Rocky and I decided, well, you know what? We've never read the whole entirety of Spawn, yet Todd McFarlane is trying to start this new Spawn universe with other characters that are tangential to Spawn with their own books, and he's hoping that it grows organically, and eventually it even has characters that have absolutely nothing to do with Spawn. So I want to read those books. I want to read Spawn Universe and King Spawn and Gunslinger Spawn and The Scorched. But when I dove into the first issues of those, while they were good, and I was able to enjoy them, there were so many references to things that I wasn't familiar with because I'd never read Spawn. And a couple of years ago, when the 301st issue came out and broke the record for the longest running creator-owned comic, I thought to myself, I really need to read Spawn, right? Like I'm a fan of McFarlane. I remember reading Spawn when it first came out and being intrigued by it, but kind of fell off because of the lateness of it and what have you. And now it's up to, and I would dip into Spawn from time to time and buy a few issues in a row thinking eventually I'm going to put together a complete run Spawn and read it. That never happened. Um, but, you know, things are available digitally now on Comixology. I have like a lot of the issues below like 50. So yeah, Rock and I thought, you know what, let's, let's, Let's start, let's dip our toes in and see how this goes. And so if you're uh, not aware, we did 12 Days of Spawnmas, which uh, was the 12 days before Christmas. We read issues one through 12 with is the issue 12 episode actually coming out on Christmas. And we were really surprised how well they held up. Um, I mean, again, decades, decades since I've read this stuff. And they held up pretty well, a little bit of their time, a little bit expositional but still really good and really intriguing. And some of the ideas were, were pretty solid. So yeah, we were hooked and, and we decided, okay, let's, you know, we had the idea to do Spawn Daily uh, in 2022, but you know, that was kind of the trial run, the 12 days of Spawn Miss. So we did enjoy it. We're doing it. Unfortunately, Rocky hasn't been able to join me for the last few episodes. He, uh, his daughter got, was having some medical issues and she's in the hospital. She got diagnosed with, uh, with diabetes. So she's fine. Everybody's healthy and everything. It's just a kind of a learning curve while they get her uh, blood sugar, right. And Rocky and his wife are kind of instructed on, on how to, uh, to handle it uh, best for, for their little girls. So, you know, uh, all the best to them. You know, I love Rocky. His family's awesome. So uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. In the meantime, um, I'm running solo on these uh, Spawn Daily. So I know probably not giving you as much analysis as we normally do, uh, but just want to keep it rolling. I did skip Saturday this week. Um, just um, I was on call over the weekend and my phone wouldn't stop ringing. And uh, I also did the um, the interview with uh, the creative team, the writers for Supermassive. So I wanted to uh, get that done in lieu of, uh, of the spawn episode for the day, because on the day this is being released, um, actually, I guess tomorrow, Monday, a lot of you won't hear this till Monday because it's coming out super late on Sunday. Anyway, January 24th is what I should say is the final order cutoff for Supermassive. So if you haven't ordered it, you need to order it today. You need to call your comic book shop and tell them, put in order through DCBS, whatever it is. You need to order it two days. This is the last day you can order it because, again, Image, because of the paper shortage, is not doing any 
uh, extra printings right now. So if you don't order it, you may not get it. And this is kind of a, a one-time deal. So uh, as I said, I did talk with uh, the creative team, Ryan Parrott, Kyle Higgins, Matt Groom, uh, all writers, and it's it's set in the, the massive universe or the massive universe corner of the D, uh, of the image superhero universe. Radiant Black, who a lot of people know from Kyle's book, it's going to be the debut of Inferno Girl Red, who has her own uh, OGN coming out that was kickstarted uh, late last year or middle of last year, I think. Uh, and then Rogue Sun, which is Ryan Parrott's creator-owned superhero book from Image that'll be coming out next week. So again, there's a lot of information in that interview. I encourage you to check it out and listen to it. But before you do that, go and order the book because it's going to sell out just like the Radiant Black did. You're not going to be able to get it. So be sure you order it. It's, uh, I think, 80 pages or something like that, uh, it's like square bound. Um, it's a one and done story. Uh, we, we talk a little bit about the bones of the story. And uh, again, great interview. Go order Supermassive. Uh, okay. Well, with that all out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into the latest issue of Spawn, which is issue number 34. Go ahead and share my screen. As you can see there, Violator on the cover. I've talked last time about having the Violator in his um, kind of demon form, I guess we'll call it, on the, the cover of last issue, which kind of sort of spoiled a little bit of, of who the, the menace for the first half of the book was. I mean, maybe people would have guessed anyway, but uh, pretty cool looking cover there. Uh, check out the credits. We have Todd McFarlane on story, Greg Capullo. Todd McFarlane handling the art, Tom Orzakowski on letters, Steve Olaf, Quinn Supley with Oleoptics on colors, and special thanks to Kevin Conrad, Chance Wolf, and Julia Simmons. So as we dive into the book, we're told about uh, Violator, basically. Uh, it's talking about how the, the feel of him is rough and bristly, born an eternity ago in the foulest corner of the eighth level of hell. Uh, you know, created to serve its master, Malbolgia, and how it's got a, a shriveled heart and it, it has a mission and it fights for that mission with a, a single mindedness because it wants to enter the master's inner circle. But all that happened when um, the violator reached that inner circle was it, he was given the task of being a spawn warden is the way it's, it's put here. And with each succeeding spawn, being promoted in the army as a lieutenant to lead the violator felt worse and worse about itself. And in the picture here, it's kind of hard to tell what's happening, but this is the violator in that sewage, the, the tons of sewage that dropped on it when it was fighting spawn last issue. And we see some, some kind of gnarled hands trying to, to pull it out of the water. So it's a little, it's not, it's not the best composition here. I, I, I mean, I don't mind the hands and we can see the horns of the violator, but I wish there weren't so many bubbles so we could kind of get a better idea because it, it took me a while to realize what was happening here. And you got to kind of read along to figure it out. Um, but anyway, the exposition goes on to say that the uh, the violator was kind of upset that these outsiders, these hellspawn kept getting the uh, the, the plum assignments in, in, the, uh, in the army of Malbolgia. And it he started to question it. And all the, though the question started out as a joke, it eventually bothered Violator more and more. Um, but it didn't actually make a big deal out of it because he didn't want to disgrace his family, didn't want to be cast out of Malbolgia's inner, inner circle, but always had the desire 
to really be closer to, to have a, a higher role um, as opposed to the hell spawn that it was the warden of, you know, like always the bridesmaid, never a bride kind of thing. Right. And so it would go, it would start going above and beyond all these desires. Hey, Malbulger, let me prove to you how evil I am and whatnot. Uh, and, and some of that is what led the violator to make the mistakes we'll call them. Um, when dealing with the Al Simmons spawn and caused the, what we saw in the early issues where it was going around killing mafia people, spawn was blamed for it. Malbolgia, it actually had the opposite effect of what Malbolgia wanted. So now he's back to being sort of the spawn warden and trying to figure out how he can still achieve his goals, right? Like make spawn look bad so it can, it can be promoted or placed as a Lieutenant in the army. Um, as opposed to to one of the spawns. Now, in the art here, um, we see that the the filer has been pulled out of the water. It's some sort of a humanoid with like giant hair. We don't ever really get a good look at him. He's in shadow or he's blocked by pipes. Um, but the violator ends up barfing up all this uh, horrible sewage that it's uh, that it swallowed when the the pipe burst and what have you. And the, the guy runs away or girl, whoever it is, and spawns uh, or violator rather is yelling at it saying, that's right, run away or scum. I can breathe air or water, whatever I want. You're lucky I'm not in the mood for any sort of casual dismemberment. So uh, it runs off and I'm sure it's somebody we're going to see uh, later on, but uh, planted by McFarlane here, because again, it, it looks, it doesn't look just like a regular old person. You know, that hair is, is quite, quite out of control. And uh, it's got one of those shit eating grins that Rocky, always talks about. So I'm sure uh, it's foreshadowing something about that, uh, that human or humanoid looking creature to come. So then we see the violator change to his human form. And he's talking about how, um, how something's wrong with, with spawn. Um, the fact that spawns um, symbiote, his costume, his uniform, whatever you want to call it, uh, that's bonded him has, mutated so much faster than it should have and he's worried because that that costume with the chains and whatnot can really do a lot of damage to uh, the violator and it's going to make his his mission quote unquote that much harder to accomplish right this idea of discrediting spawn making spawn look bad so that the violator will finally get his chance so he's going to have to do it from a distance now it's going to make it harder but it's it's nothing that he feels like he he can't handle uh, on the next page we get a quick visit with uh, with Grandma Blake, and I'm not sure what the purpose of this is other than to just show us Wanda and Grandma Blake. Um, the only information we get is Wanda does mention to Grandma Blake that Terry just got a transfer. You know, we saw that uh, a couple of issues ago, and she just says that he he transferred in a new department because of the whole FBI agents being killed on the lawn didn't sit well with him and he wanted a change. So I guess it's as good an excuse as any. Uh, and we hear that Wanda's organizing some sort of fundraiser for a children's society. So whether those things really matter and grandma needs to know them or it's for our benefit, not real sure. So it, it doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, so then on the next page, we see Spawn overlooking the city. Um, for whatever reason, it doesn't, really say why he's why isn't he chilling in his alley on his throne we're not sure 
But what we do see is there's a little 10-year-old boy who's walking along the street. For whatever reason, Spawns feels his attention pulled to this little guy. Uh, again, 10 years old, and he gets grabbed and pulled into an alley by this drug dealer called Stinky. And the guy's talking to this kid like like the kid's some sort of like drug mule or is somehow involved with it. And, and these guys, this guy Stinky he's pretty abusive. And he's, he's talking about how um, this kid named Tyrone has been messing with them and he won't put up with that. And the going rate for his stuff is 300 bucks, but he's going to charge this kid 600 and the kid like kind of tears in his eyes says, okay. And he gives him money. So I'm like, right away, something doesn't feel right about this kid. Like, you think at first when he gets snatched off the street, he, these guys are going to be abusing him. But then he, this kid like pays him for the drugs. Like what, how did this kid, how, did, how does a 10 year old kid have 600 bucks on him? Like uh, it just, it doesn't feel right. It feels like something's going on here and a uh, deal's done. The kid takes off and spawns watching uh, with what looks to be suspicion as much as we can see in his shadowed face there. Uh, and the guy stinky says, you know, I got an appointment, take off. What, he, what he's actually doing, he's taking the money he just got from selling these drugs. Apparently he's going to like some, uh, some sort of strip club type place where these women are mud wrestling topless. And he's, he's watching through the slit when uh, spawn attacks him uh, in his little private room there, obviously kills him. We see blood spattered everywhere. Uh, and Mal Bulger is watching. So Mal Bulger is in his home in the, uh, in the eighth level of hell and he's pretty happy with what he sees here. Um, and he, he, he's kind of talking out loud to Al Simmons saying, you know, you can delude yourself all you want, Simmons, uh, but you can't run away from, from who you are. Like, he's happy that Simmons cut loose on this guy. He says, there's a, there's a reason that, you know, we chose you out of all the millions of souls we could have. Death, evil blackness, those seeds were planted in you at birth, and soon they're going to come to fruition, which obviously is, we should take to mean that, yeah, he's going to make a, a good lieutenant in the army of of hell so then we get the three uh talking heads that we're used to seeing uh, quite a bit the first one cnn reporters talking about how the president kind of stuck in his foot stuck his foot in his mouth while he was visiting bosnia the bosnian war that's going on at this time in uh in the real world um in the mid to late 90s bosnia and serbia um so it's a little context there it'll come back uh, to be important toward the end of the story the entertainment television reporter talks about this guy being mangled in a strip club, which I don't know. It, the, the E1, like sometimes it, it, it's so clearly not anything entertainment television would ever cover, but I'll give McFarlane, uh, you know, some slack on that. I wanted to give three different points of view, but it's, it's kind of weird. And then the, the guy, the right wing guy on the bottom, KWRM, basically saying the same thing, saying both, mentioning both things, mentioning the president sticking his foot in his mouth and acting like an idiot. And then the fact that uh, there's gruesome murders in New York, uh, another drug pusher got killed. Why should anybody care? So on the next page, this is where it really starts to get interesting. We're in Jason Wynn's office and who shows up, but the violator in his human form. And he starts talking about how they're going to have a great relationship and starting today, Jason Wynn is going to work for him. And of course, Wynn being the egotist he, he is, he's like, I don't know how you got past my security, but you're dead. You made a fatal mistake. And Violator's like, nope, I've done my homework. We have common enemies. Your phone doesn't work. Um, 
but I'm about to tell you all about the thorn in your side spawn and Terry Fitzgerald and police chief banks and Billy Kincaid and on and on and on. And so that obviously gets wins attention. He says, you know, I'm listening. So violator goes on to say, all right, anybody who looks on your surveillance cameras right now is just going to see a regular office. It's a little magic, something I can do. You wouldn't really understand. Uh, and when you wonder how much he remembers from being anti-spawn or, or redeemer, right? Cause he goes, try me. You'll be surprised. Um, and the violator's like, I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping you're going to be on board, but here's the gig. And so he says, I need spawn to be weak and susceptible, you know, like vulnerable to the kill, but I, I have to do it from a distance. Remember we were talking about before how spawns costume has evolved and the violator's actually worried about the costume and the costume's abilities and powers now. So what the violator wants uh, Jason Wynn to do is to, he's got some ideas, he's got some plans. He, he needs him to kind of lean on the, uh, the friends of Terry Fitzgerald while buttering up Terry. So the violator mentions how the, the costumes evolved and it's pissing him off, but he can offer Wynn power, right? power where Wynn will no longer even have to answer to the president because in his opinion, the violator's opinion, the president and his administration are dumber than a sack of hammers, quote, unquote. So uh, he says, yeah, I see what you've done here. You've got this uh, little scheme you have going on where you're going to do a, an air sweep of a su supposedly friendly army and that's going to get some defense contractors called to provide you know, munitions and you'll get a kickback, 12 million bucks into your Swiss account. So just kind of, you know, par for the course of what Wynn does on a daily basis. Um, but then Violator mentions Terry Fitzgerald. He's like, yeah, I see Terry Fitzgerald just transfer him to your office. So yeah, what I want you to do, befriend him, gain your confidence, just, you know, make him think he's your uh, best friend. But in the meantime, with sort of Jekyll Hyde thing, you need to find a way to push on his wife, push on his granny and push hard because what that will do is it'll drive Spawn crazy. And when the time's right, I'm going to let you in on something. I'm going to tell you who Spawn really is. And he goes, and that's going to give you a heart attack, which again, once, once Jason Wynn finds out it's Al Simmons and you wonder like, what's the long game here? And why does Violator say it'll give you a heart attack? Like he could be, he could, he could be unbeknownst to, Jason Wynn, he could just be using Wynn. He plans on killing Wynn. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But he doesn't give Wynn that information right away that Spawn is Al Simmons. But this is definitely not good for Spawn, right? His two, two of his biggest enemies are coming together, whether Wynn realizes he's being manipulated or not. So with that offer of power, with what the threat of what uh, the violator knows, and and. Wynn doesn't know that this dumpy little clown looking guy actually can turn into a demon. So will he try to take the violator out? Like there's a lot of unknowns, but it does look like they're going to start to work together, which again is not good for Spawn. Meanwhile, at the hospital where Twitch is recovering from the wounds he suffered in the Spawn blood feud miniseries from Alan Moore, we see uh, Sam Burke feeding his week, uh, weekly paycheck into the, uh, vending machine and getting a bunch of snacks when a, this very good looking woman comes walking by and uh, Burke's about to make his move when he goes in to visit Twitch and there's the very good looking woman. So kind of some humor on the part of uh, McFarlane here that 
this twitch who's you know very skinny and kind of nerdy kind of guy has this you know gorgeous wife and sam puts his foot in his mouth a little bit but gets away with it doesn't doesn't go too far luckily for him before he realizes so um twitch does ask about chief banks and sam lets us know that he was able to get his hands on some phone records and i mentioned this last time when when banks panicked and called win like you're calling from the precinct those calls can easily be traced and that's exactly what sam uh sam did he's like he called uh some confidential number at the cia haven't figured out who over there would give banks the time of day but judging by the hours that they're calling they don't want that many people to know about it so sam is uh definitely on the case right he's still investigating chief banks so meanwhile back in win's office he gets a call it turns out it's the president and he says hey i'm calling to thank you personally for your uh, assistance and getting us out of that Bosnian situation. I'm going to put my foot in my mouth and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he says, I, I've been advised that you spearheaded the resolution. So thanks a lot. And wins like really confused. He's like, wait, what are you talking about? But you know, he doesn't actually say that. He just says, Oh, you're welcome. And, and hangs up like, what, what is he talking about? You know? And then immediately his phone rings again and it's the violator, the violator set it up, right? He's winning wins trust. He's saying, I'm sure you just got a call from your pal. Think of that as a down payment about, you know, what he was saying about giving him power and making him look good. So I just wanted to be clear on the situation. Who's in charge here when it's me. So toodaloo, buddy, say hello to Terry for me. So when he, you know, he doesn't seem really happy about this. He's not the kind of guy that wants to be under anybody's thumb, but he's got to recognize the value of it. Right. So uh, we'll see how that plays out here in a little bit. But meanwhile, back in the alley, Cogliastro is talking to Spawn and he's, he's kind of scolding him um, because Spawn's like, I don't really know what, what the violator's thinking by attack. He just attacks me and disappears. Like that doesn't make any sense. And Cogliastro is like, well, then you're not paying attention. Now this doesn't exactly sit well with Al Simmons because again, he's a, you know, he's a, been a secret agent. He's been an assassin. He's been an operator. He, he feels like he is, better at this sort of thing than than the average guy um but cagliostro is going to school him he's like well he's trying to to confuse you and distract you he wants you operating on instinct because when your instinct takes over you you make mistakes you're almost like two peas in, in a pod and that's the last thing al simmons is like i'm not i'm not anything like the violator what the hell are you talking about and cagliostro is like well your your recent actions would say otherwise spawn's like you mean stinky that guy deserved it he was preying on children and I, I just needed to send a message loud and clear. And Cogliostro was like, exactly. And you have all this training and you have all the spawn power and, and Stinky didn't have a chance. But that's exactly what hell wants you to do, to give into your baser instincts, you know, to act like that, to be this vengeful force. And we, we've talked in the past, right, it, it, this inconsistency of Al Simmons' behavior, right? Like he didn't kill Wynn when he had a chance. And he didn't kill Tony Twist when he had a chance or Gravano or whatever name he's going by this week. He didn't kill either of them. He didn't kill the father that was uh, abusing his sons. He didn't kill all of the, the KKK members, but yet he kills this, this drug dealer. Um, so like what, what's going on? Like we, we thought maybe he wasn't killing those people because he wanted to turn over a new leaf. And then first chance he gets, he, he comes back to New York and he kills a drug dealer. So it's, it's not quite clear what exactly his motivations are but apparently based on this maybe because it was a kid although again i go back to the father abusing his children 
You know, I, I would argue that what the father was doing to his two sons is worse than what Stinky did to this this kid who, again, had $600. Who's got what 10 year old has $600? That should have sent off alarm bells in Al Simmons brain, especially if he's, you know, a, an operator, like we're saying. But anyway, uh, Al Simmons was like, well, yeah, sometimes hell's right and people need to be killed. And Cogliosa is like, let me let me tell you something about this uh, this kid that you're talking about, right? This little boy, Tyrone, he runs those streets. He runs that neighborhood, which this is a little far-fetched for me. But again, it's uh, McFarland not being subtle at all. So 10 years old, and that kid is in charge of all that neighborhood, all the drug trafficking or whatever. He, and Cogliostro says he's been in and out of juvenile detention since he was six, which, uh, again, stretches belief. He's been selling guns since seven. He was indirectly involved in two murders, but his age allowed him to circumvent any severe punishment. At 10, I don't know, man, 12, 13, maybe. But, and, and this was, you know, 30 years ago. So anyway, we're, we're led to believe that Tyrone's just a really bad guy, which, you know, again, it's kind of weird, 10 years old. Um, but, but that's Cogliostro's point. Like you killed Stinky, this guy, this kid Tyrone is almost as bad. Right. Calviosa goes on to say he, he wasn't strong armed by Pinky. It was actually the opposite. He was uh, Tyrone was going around looking for new suppliers. So it was the other way around. So you weighed in, you know, Calviosa is telling Spawn, you weighed in. Your solution is kill what you don't understand. You know, let your ignorance rule. And Spawn's like, well, what do you want from me, man? And he's like, Fo- focus. Calviosa was like, you got to focus. Use your power wisely. Right. You were assassinated under orders. So stop denying that. Find out what's going on. You know, use your brain. Don't just lash out. Don't just rely on instincts, right? That's his point. So Spawn's like, well, I didn't ask for any of this. You know, this wasn't how it was supposed to turn out. And Cogliastro's like, well, I know. But whether this is how things are supposed to turn out or not, it's still your problem. And when he says that, it's a great um, montage page here. We get Terry, we get Violator, we get Wanda, we get Jason Wynn, Tony Twist, Sam and Twitch, Grandma, and Spawn and, and uh, Cogliostro there in the middle. And he's like, Cogliostro says, believe it or not, there's a lot of other people who are kind of in your web, right? And you can't ignore them. Some of them are friends and loved ones, and you don't want them to, to get hurt. So you got to start thinking before acting and not just acting out. So meanwhile, back at um, the CIA headquarters, uh, Terry Fitzgerald's office. It's late at night. He thinks he's there alone. He's looking for some paper trails, trying to f- find out what exactly uh, Jason Wynn's been up to. And he's running to, to some uh, some brick walls. He's running some dead ends. He's like, That's tra- this guy's really slick. Retracing his tracks is not going to be easy. There's all these security checks and international activities. Everything looks clean, like almost almost too clean. Um, and then he hears a sound behind him, slams the door shut, and he turns around. And who is it? But uh, Jason Wynn. So I, he's a little flustered, right? Like he's just trying to investigate this guy. The guy shows up. Um, but what Wynn's doing here is actually exactly what the violator asked him to do. He's he's buttering him up. He's trying to get close to uh, to Wynn. He's like, "Oh, you're still here working? God, you, you know your reports are so thorough, and you know I really want to help you out, uh, or thank you for helping us out on the the recent field op." Uh, but there is another thing. There's somebody in my organization who's trying to make me look bad. He's trying to pin some non-sanctioned activities on me and, and creating uh, papers that paperwork that shows that I've been sanctioning some um, 
some off the book stuff and basically trying to make me look bad. And I need your help to find out who it is because you're the new guy and something about you tells me that I can trust you. And he's got like an evil look on his face and, and Terry's actually got a, like a smirk on his face. He's probably thinking, Oh, this is exactly what I need. Cause he doesn't realize that the violator has told Win this stuff and, and Win is, uh, is trying to set him up. So a lot of political intrigue going on there between, uh, between the two of them. So, uh, and that's how the issue ends. So it's, it's not a bad issue. Um, the, the thing that bothered me most about it was the, that inconsistency. Of why, why did Al Simmons kill this drug dealer when he's let so many other terrible people off the hook recently? This didn't really make sense to me. It was, it was kind of strange. Um, artwork, again, it's, it's, that, it's almost like the McFarlane Capullo style now where there's a little bit of exaggeration, but not too much. It's somewhere in between what each of their individual art styles looks like at this time, which I, I find to be uh, fascinating, but really, really good art. Um, and obviously, the probably the most eventful thing that happens in the issue is that meeting between Violator and uh, and Jason Wynn, which does not bode well for Spawn. Um, and then to a lesser extent, the, the Cogliostro and, and Spawn conversation could turn out to be very important as well, because you can sense Al Simmons frustration, right? Like, yes, maybe he's acting inconsistently. Maybe sometimes he's acting on instinct. Other times his humanity or, or in, uh, intellect can win out and he doesn't kill. Um, but it's, I almost like if I'm Al Simmons, I'm, I'm probably frustrated as well. Like Cogliostro clearly has all this knowledge about who Spawn is and how his powers work and, and the, uh, the war between heaven and hell and, and all that kind of stuff. And at some point, if you're Al Simmons, don't you just go to Cogliastro and go, dude, draw me a picture, lay it all out. Like, tell me everything I need to know, because you're giving me all these vague clues and and telling me don't do this or don't do that. Or I made a mistake here or there. Like, well, maybe if I had more information about who I am and what a spawn is and all this kind of stuff and what's expected of me, then then maybe I could make more informed decisions. Right. Like, give me some history on other hell spawns like you. Like, has Cogliostro even said, does Al Simmons even know at this point what Malbolgia wants? I think Malbolgia has actually told Spawn, right? It's hard to remember. Um, like, okay, we need you to be sufficiently evil so you can come and be a part of my army. Okay, how do I combat that? Cogliostro, you're, you're really old. You've been around all these hell Spawn. Why don't you tell me what to do? You're, you're telling me what I shouldn't do after I do it, like hindsight 2020, right? Like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done this. Why don't you tell me what I should be doing? Why don't you help me out? Help a brother out. Help me help you, right? Like you're supposedly on the on the side of good, Cogliostro. So help me help you. How can I be good? What should I be doing? Um, but he doesn't seem to be asking those questions. So I guess we'll have to wait and see um, how that all plays out. And then how the whole Jason Wynn trying to double cross Terry Fitzgerald, which he already had planned, right? Like when Terry transferred in, Terry is thinking, I'm going to transfer in. I'm going to get close to this guy, be able to get some evidence. Wynn was thinking, oh, this guy just transferred in. It's going to allow me to keep a closer eye on him. And then he has the violator show up and the violator is basically telling him to do what he was already planning on doing in a way anyway, but he's giving him some, you know, some more specific details like uh violators being a little bit better of a, a leader in that way in leading jason Wynn down a down a path like with a plan than cogliostro is doing for spawn so will that come back to hurt al simmons and he doesn't have enough info again something we're just not sure we'll have to wait and see 
And the last mystery, obviously, being who is that that being that we're told was human, but had the crazy hair and the crazy grin and uh, just looked like they were wearing jeans and were bare. Other than that, the that person that uh, that pulled the violator out of the sewage early on got to be somebody that's going to show up later and play a role. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Don't forget to check out the other um, episodes we have out today. Go back and listen to the super massive spotlight from the weekend after you've called your local comic shop and ordered uh, your super massive uh, copy. Uh, the other episodes out today have a great interview with Christopher Priest. It has tons of really great information. Christopher Priest has been working in comics for 40 years. So he had a lot of fun things to say. Uh, he was a real blast to talk to. Uh, Rocky and I also very, very late at night uh, when he got home from the hospital, recorded a DC comic talk where we talked about a lot of the news that DC's put out lately, the death of the Justice League. Um, there's a new Birds of Prey coming. There's a, a three-issue miniseries coming out that's a prelude for the Flash movie that's coming out later this year starring Ezra Miller. Uh, there's what else? Batman's coming back to Detective Comics in April and Detective Comics is going to uh, onto a monthly schedule. Um, Flashpoint Beyond. We talked about just tons and tons of DC stuff. So if you want to get caught up on some DC news and hear our thoughts about the current state of DC, you can go and check that out uh, as well. So uh, that's going to do it. Everybody, as always, we want to thank you for listening or watching us on YouTube. If you're checking us out on YouTube, uh, if you are just listening to the audio, I would encourage you to go and subscribe to, to Rocky's channel where we put out these uh, spawn dailies as well as a bunch of other content that Rocky and I collaborate on because then you get to see the art beyond just uh, hearing us talk about it. So uh, comic space, boom, exclamation point, do a search for that on YouTube. You can subscribe to the channel, ring the notification bell. So, you know, when new content comes out, obviously like this video. Conversely, if you check us out on the comic boom channel all the time and you want to be sure you don't miss any of the other audio only content that comes out, just go to your favorite podcasting app on your smart device or your favorite podcasting platform, you can go to Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it is, do a search for the comic source there, hit subscribe, and you'll get our episodes whenever they, uh, they come out. So uh, again, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.